Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. There was a rather famous historical book that came out a while ago called Team of Rivals. I don't know if any of you have read it. I honestly have not, but I've heard it referred to so many times that I feel like I've actually read the book. And there's probably a lot of books that are the same way for all of you. Books that maybe you haven't actually read, but you feel like you've seen the movie, and so you know what's kind of going on. Team of Rivals is kind of like that, and what it's about is Abraham Lincoln's cabinet. Now, a lot of people, when they choose a team to work with, choose people that they get along with, and they get along with each other. People that are all alike. In fact, when I went to basic church planter training back in 2006, that was when we were in California the last time um, visiting your Aunt Mayor, um, they told us that while it's great that Paul said, in Christ there is no Greek nor Jew, slave nor free, male and female, practically that just doesn't work. And that the real way to grow a church is to gather people that are like you and like each other. Get all left-handed Haitians who like Creole together. Get all middle-aged white motorcycle drivers together. Obviously, it'll be easy to grow a church that way because some people already have something in common. Abraham Lincoln could have done that. He could have chosen a cabinet that was made up of people that were like him and like each other. And instead, he chose what the book's title says, a team of rivals. People that were not at all alike, didn't share the same views, were often at loggerheads with each other. Kind of reminds me, if you've seen the music, musical Hamilton, of Alexander Hamilton and Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson, and how they did not get along at all together. And Washington was trying to preside over what in some ways was the very first American three-ring circus. Jesus could have picked people that were like him. He could have picked people from Nazareth that he grew up with, that knew him and that he knew and that they all trusted each other. And that would have been one way to get a group of disciples together. But he didn't. He chose a team of rivals, people that had very little in common with each other to make up that first group of 12 disciples. He had a group of fishermen. What do fishermen know about scripture? Presumably they go to synagogue, maybe, they're good Jews, so maybe they've heard a few things, but they're business people. That's what fishermen really were, and they knew one thing. And how do we know that they knew really one thing? Because at the resurrection, when Peter was at loose ends to know what to do because the Holy Spirit hadn't yet come, he looks at the other guys and says, you know what? Let's go fishing. At least that I know how to do. Then we had some zealots that Jesus called. Now, zealots were a completely different group of people. These are the people that were absolutely committed to the political future of Israel. They're politicians and soldiers, rebels. They were the FLQ of their time. We will do whatever it takes to bring down Rome and reestablish the kingdom of Israel. So we got fishermen and we got zealots. And now on top of all of that, Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to call a tax collector. This is going to be awesome. Let's get the guy that everybody hates, the fishermen, because as business people, they keep getting hit up for taxes, and the zealots, because the tax collectors were traitors. 
They betrayed their own people to work for the hated Roman government. And on top of it all, do you know how tax collectors made their money? Based on the taxes they collected. They always tried to collect a little bit extra because that extra was their salary. You know how waiters and waitresses make most of their salary off tips? Imagine if all you made was off tips. And the way you made tips was to charge a little bit extra on your restaurant bill. Now, it's easy to say, don't do that. That's stealing from people. But hey, how are you going to put food on the table? So there's Matthew by the side of the road. Maybe he couldn't fish. Maybe he wasn't politically oriented. Maybe he couldn't be a fighter. And this was the job that he fell into. But Jesus says, follow me. And he does, which tells me he was looking for a way out. This was not how he saw his life unfolding, and he was only too happy to follow Jesus and join this team of rivals that Jesus was putting together, who would become the new heads of a new Israel. That's why there was 12. Just like there were 12 sons of Jacob that were, became the 12 tribes, so too would these 12 apostles become the new people of God. And if Jesus created those 12 out of a team of rivals, what does that say about us as the church? The very fact that Jesus calls Matthew is a sign that Jesus intends to do exactly the same thing with his followers, to bring together people of different backgrounds, different languages, different ethnicities, with different values and ideas, and form them, shape them into the image of his son, the image of Jesus, that we might become a new thing out of all of these different old things, and that indeed we might be able to say that in Christ there is no Greek, nor Jew, slave, nor free, male and female. We are all one in Christ. Being one means recognizing we're sick. We are not the healthy. Matthew got that, and he invited his sick friends to come, and they found in Jesus their physician, who took people who would have been rivals and at each other's throats in this world and made them one through the power of his cross. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.